It's been a while, but we're back. It's Movies in 4K, and I am Bill Shetty. And I am Lady Phantom. And you're listening to episode 106, a five-movie review and 4K grading episode. Yeah, it was about time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took us a while this time, Lady Phantom, but we made it through it. Huh? Yay! And upcoming, we have a couple requests in the next episode, I think. Oh, cool. So stay tuned for that. Now, we're going to get this underway and start with a 1980 release, Lady Phantom. Yeah, it was actually, I believe, the first horror movie I ever watched at the movie theater. And the reason I fell in love with horror, and I love it. Yeah, well, I don't know how much you love this release. But anyway, <laughs> we are covering Alligator. It is a low-budget horror film. <laughs> was it really that low of a budget no, at the time? I don't believe it was that much of a low budget thing it's just that it got buried because it was a very big year yeah there was some movies that uh overrid this and this one got pushed down and nobody's seen it yeah i mean wasn't this a year of uh friday the 13th well yeah of course but it wasn't that there was some mainstream things that came out around the same time. Yeah, if I, I don't know if it was a Star Wars or something. If I remember correctly, I believe it might have been The Empire Strikes Back. Well, whatever it was, this one got shuffled back and not too many horror fans have revisited this movie or maybe not even seen it. Really. Or know about it, right? Right. So uh, start with that synopsis. All right, a pet baby alligator is flushed down a toilet and survives in the city sewers. Twelve years later, it grows to an enormous size thanks to a diet of discarded laboratory dogs injected with growth hormones. Now, humans have entered the menu. Yeah, it sounds so cheesy listening to that. And I think if you haven't seen it, it might come off that way. But there is a lot of parallels to Jaws with this, and they shoehorned in some little trippy music from Texas Chainsaw, <laughs> and they tried to captivate what was going on in horror at the time with this, and... You know, this is the third time I've seen this movie, Lady Phantom. I got this... For the wifey, whoa, many years ago because she never had it on disc and I spent 80-some dollars for the DVD because it's been out of print. Yeah. Like the rights are so underground, I don't think if anybody had them. And I'm not sure who did this one, if it's Blue Underground, but it's one of the indie 4Kers that's coming on. I think it is Blue Underground, if I'm not mistaken. You can correct me if I'm wrong. What did you think of the movie now? I like it. I think, I mean, yes, it's, I don't know. I don't even know if it's cheesy. I wouldn't call it that. No, you know? it sounds it by reading it. Well, yeah. But honestly, I mean, first, I only remembered it from when I saw it, like, whew, when I was like six years old. 
And then when you got it, we rewatched it, and I was surprised how well it held. I and was I too still five believe, years ago. Yeah, and I still believe that it holds up. Because this is an urban legend flushing a little alligator yeah. down, and it ends up in the sewers. Yeah, the New alligators York. in the sewers yeah, and this stuff. Is, and it's not only alligators. There was other things I remember back in the day they claimed. But, yeah, it plays straight on... I don't know if that's a great thing or not. Um, who stars in this, Lady Phantom? Well, it's Robert Forster, Robin Riker, and I would say those are the most important people, really. I mean, there are others, but they are the main ones. Yeah, Robert Forster's the lead cop that knows there's this monstrous alligator and nobody's believing him of course of course because of because why would they believe him and then you have the typical like mayor in jaws that's so against everything he's doing because you know it's so far-fetched and then you have the doctor the girl who is a uh, an expert in alligators and stuff but at first she says no it would never happen i mean it could never happen you're crazy it can't be an alligator but then of course it is an alligator and she actually helps him right because they go into some science in this and how it could be this big and living Mm -hmm. down there for decades you know would it survive you know how many other creatures are down there for this monstrous alligator to eat and stuff well this thing ends up getting loose and there's chaos i think that's good on the story you know what lady phantom as what i remembered even five years ago even before the first couple times i seen this is there's really not that much gore and blood in this and what is shown is really lackluster in my opinion watching it this time i don't know about that i mean yes there isn't much gore but i mean you see the thing which looks incredibly real jumping down people you know happily like he's just like munching on people like there's no tomorrow and i'm here for it (laughs) yeah but this is a lot of trickery at this time and I mean, for the good, there's a lot of cutaway shots and really close-up shots to give you the illusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very well it's shot, I think. Real. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this was made to be straight up. It just got, you know, pushed off into the ether by the movies that were released at the time. But even still, though, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this would have been something people talked about throughout the years now it sort of has a cult reverence to it for people that seen it when they were a child and stuff and i was shocked when this got released on 4k but yeah uh, actually i I don't know if you remember but i mean i thought since i saw it when i was i was six like it was my sister's fault by the way but like i thought maybe you know, I'm remembering things that didn't happen or maybe I fabricated this movie alligator in my mind that, that fascinated me when I was a child. But then when I rewatched it, the, tw- the two times that I have, 
It's exactly as I remembered, like it like really stuck in my mind. It was so fascinating to me, <laughs> which but tells you something Phantom, about me. <laughs> I can see you being scared, you know, back then. But was this a scary movie to no, you the last that's, two that's, times? That's the thing. I mean, yes, it kind of spooked me when I was a child. But then again, around that time and after that, I saw many more things that were more spooky, but what I remember clearly at the movie theater, I was fascinated. I wasn't scared. I was rooting for the alligator to jump down on people. But no, I, I would agree. It's not a, it, it's really not terribly scary. No. Yeah. And this movie is so super dated. And I mean, I enjoyed seeing some of the seventies things. I couldn't stand the blue sneakers that Robert Forster <laughs> wore in this whole movie. <laughs> And you see a lot of bell bottoms and the things, but like it's so monstrously dated. I mean, the lingo, how the families reacted. There's some pretty poor acting by some oh, co-stars yes. in this movie. Yeah, like Robert Forster, I really like yeah, his he's acting. The best. And the girl also, I really liked her acting. But yeah, there is some seriously bad acting in this movie. Like there's no denying that. All right, I'm ready. I'm yeah. going to give it a six. Uh, it's a decent movie. Since this is out of print, if it really fascinates you what's going on in the 80s and it does have decent effects, you know, maybe rent it if it's available. I, I don't mean, even it's not know out of it print. Is. It's on 4K. Yeah, I'm saying before this, it was uh, out of print. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you can rent it on iTunes because it is. You know, you couldn't get this anywhere. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's true. You had to get an import of this. So it is available on this now. But um, I'm just going to say avoid it. Six avoid. I'm going to say 7.5. I think it's a really fun movie. It holds up. The alligator doesn't look fake at all. And I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's a very, very fun movie. So I say 7.5 and rent it at the very least rent it and I if you like you it you can't rent it <laughs> well yeah that's true so then just buy it because it's cool at 40 bucks that this one is is the 4k 40 bucks yeah it's blue underground or word screen factory or something they're uh, always at 40 dollars. yes because wow. i mean the option is to avoid it and i don't want you guys to avoid it so there you go all right, the 4K, I'm just going to stay say straight up, avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 40 ah. bucks first and foremost. You know, you probably can. I didn't check before recording. I should have. But now, since the 4K is out, I'm sure you can get the DVD now super cheap because this overtakes all them older releases from... Uh, asia and everywhere else that i thought think was bootlegging this and stuff like that but um all right 4k lady phantom a lot a lot a lot of green yes i mean let me say that we did pop in the dvd to contrast and the 4k Blu -ray. no the DVD. oh you're right it doesn't come with a blu-ray this one that's yeah, right. I mean, okay. No, we, we popped in the DVD right. that we had. I'm glad you remembered that or said that because this one is only the 4K disc. There's no Blu-ray disc in uh -huh. this. So uh, because we wanted to contrast and it is a major improvement. I mean, it is. But the 4K 
is very grainy. And I mean, yeah, it, it looks it looks good. Well, but where we notice the major differences, as always on these older movies, is the coloring. It just looks looks yes. richer and more natural. Yeah, and also I'm gonna say that the DVD has this thing in which it presents it to you like a full screen, you know, with bars on Four the to sides. Three, standard uh-huh. television, but. The image looks elongated vertically. It looks off and kind of funny. So in the 4K, you actually see the image the way it was supposed to yes, be. Yes, it's widescreen. Yeah, that, so, that's a big positive. Yes, I mean, because that, it, it annoyed me. It kind of bothered me when we watched the DVD. I mean, you get used to it when you're watching the movie, but it did annoy me. So like to see the, the contrast was was really impressive actually because yeah i mean you watch the 4k and it looks normal and also in the dvd there are some scenes that are really pixelated that terrible like forget about grain you just have pixels all over the place and this one is not like that it looks yes it looks grainy but it looks smooth so i honestly think it's a big improvement i wouldn't go that far i would say it's an improvement of course but where there's not an improvement again and it might even be worse is that this is still in mono it didn't even get converted to stereo the dvd is actually stereo I know. and you can put it in pro logic so you get a little surround action yes. i mean it's all static basically what you're hearing in the front you're hearing in the back there's no separation or nothing yeah but the sound nothing was done and it actually sounded worse than the dvd yeah me. because you only have the mono option it's it's absolutely shocking like how is that even possible you know because so, they didn't want to spend uh-huh. millions of dollars to do anything with it because they knew it wasn't going to sell that much yeah i mean the amount of people that just know about this movie yeah i know it's place. very limited yeah i know so yeah i'm ready i'm coming i'm d okay. plus it's me too. total of, oh really me too yeah because but it is it is better i mean if this yes. is like your favorite movie or one of them you gotta get it on this format because yes. it does look better it's richer but it's very bad in a lot of spots yeah too. i mean because the dark scenes the black levels are abysmal in this movie yeah there's pretty much no black levels and in some parts of the movie you do have a lot of black and a lot of dark yeah and uh but yeah me too it is d plus because i cannot in good conscience go higher than that but i mean i go back to the comparison with the dvd and it's totally worth it like if you really really like the movie get it in 4k that's it all right moving on all right, one down. Next one up. Starting another franchise, I guess. Here we go. <laughs> Avengers two movies. Infinity War from 2018. And the synopsis is what? The Avengers and their allies must be willing to sacrifice all in an attempt to defeat the powerful Thanos before his blitz of devastation and ruin puts an end to the universe. All right, Lady Phantom, take it away. That's a little excessive. Take it away. That's excessive. Like, puts an end to the universe? Not really. Okay? Like, Thanos, his plan 
is to bring, like, in a way, to say, to bring balance to the universe, not to the force, to the universe. And basically, he wants to destroy half of, hu of, of human lives in the universe, or not human lives, the, the half of living things, yes, to achieve a situation in which the people that remain can live in a more balanced place. But of course, this doesn't sit well with the other half of the people that would disappear. So the Avengers are trying with all their might to prevent him from getting the Infinity Stones, which he will put in his gauntlet, the Infinity Gauntlet. And once he has all the stones, he can just make half of the universe disappear with a snap. All right, a couple questions for you, Lady Phantom, just for some context for me and maybe others out there that haven't seen it. Is this the first movie when there were so many superheroes together working for one goal? Uh, yeah, I would say so, because like before this, there was Civil War, which was the third Captain America movie, but there weren't nearly as many superheroes working together. And do you want to say... A bunch of who's working together to stop Thanos? Well, I mean, for those who have seen all the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's pretty much everyone. For those who haven't, it is, to mention a few, you have Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, Black Widow, uh, the Hulk, well, uh, Bruce Banner <laughs> in this case, the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Ant-Man is not there. You have Spider-Man, you have Doctor Strange, um, you have all the people in Wakanda, the Black Panther and everything. You have Vision, you have uh, Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, But very skit-oriented, I would say. And what I mean there is like it'll go to a certain superhero or superheroes And then they'll describe a little there, and then it'll jump cut a scene back to some other superhero and what they're doing. They don't all meet up until basically the end of the movie. Yeah, which is something that constantly happens, I would say, with stuff that has a lot of characters, but, a la Game of Thrones or The Lord of the Rings or something like that. But who would you say are the main superheroes who's getting them together and who's like running the show so to speak Oof, that's a good question i mean at this point in the story of the avengers they are all pretty much scattered as uh because of the result of civil war which was the previous movie in the universe but i mean i would say the the principal ones you have uh, captain america black widow Um, he wasn't in it that much. But that's it. I mean, you are asking Iron me for Man, something. Spider-Man. But not really. I mean, that's the thing with this movie is that it's an ensemble. I don't think there isn't just, there is a group of people calling the shots or putting the group together. Well, there was only I mean, a couple of them that knew this was going to happen. And they're going around telling everybody. Yes. Because common people don't know. Yes, that is true. One of them is uh, Bruce Banner, actually. He's the one that, or one of the first ones with Doctor Strange, for example, that figure Correct. out that Thanos is coming. So he goes and tell other people, but then from there they go here and they go there and they go there. And, and like you start to, to 
put these forces together for them to go to Wakanda and have a a battle there. All right. Uh, I don't have many thoughts on this. This was eye-rolling to me. This is so kitschy. (laughs) And I was looking for so many words for this, but it's just so lackluster and jokey to me. And I'm glad I'm remembering this is the Hawk, who's played by who? Ruffalo? Um, Mark Ruffalo, yeah. Yeah, this character grinds my gears. Just this inner problem that he can't get the Hawk out, and it's a running joke and a gag, and I haven't seen any before this, so I don't know how long that plays. Yeah, and I'm just not a fan of any of these. And who did Scarlett Johansson play? Black Widow. Okay, yeah, I never knew that. I mean, I didn't know much about this. This Thanos character, I'm going to describe a little bit more when it gets to the 4K because I think it's really important. But this is just a popcorn movie. I understand why people like it. If they read the comics and seen these people growing up and all them coming together, I can see everybody being happy and everything. But going on with the acting and uh, digitization of characters and the real life stuff to the not we're going to be covering one coming up here in a little bit that's done so much better in my opinion and it just looks too fake to me so much of it and uh i was just not happy with it i so many problems so what's your so i'm gonna go with a i thought you was gonna bash me but all right i'm going with a three this is total void this is nonsense to me i I don't think it's a well-made movie i don't think it's fun i don't think things land but that's me well to me it's a a really really cool movie and uh going to what you were saying for example with thanos uh he was played by josh brolin and i think he was fantastic like I could, you could see the motion capture, you know, like reflected on his face, like his, the, the little face reactions and his, I mean, the, his acting in general, I thought he was perfect, like really, really great. And uh, I really like this movie. Now, unlike you, I do like the, the, the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I've liked it since it began and I was excited about it before it arrived because I remembered the cartoons that I used to watch with Iron Man and Thor and Namor, which he hasn't been involved yet. I hope he is in the future, wink, wink. But I really like it and I am invested in it. I mean, and I've seen all the movies and I am very happy that that I can watch all of them. I thought it was a very, very good movie. And unlike you, I believe that it's very well made. To me, it's a 9.5 out of 10. All right. 4K, uh, great disc, no grain, um, sound outstanding. <laughs> Here's my problem with this disc is Thanos. And that's why I wanted to leave it for this is so many times when he's talking and mainly when he's walking it looks so bad like the computer effects around him 
and the motion that he walks looks so unnatural and it was grinding my gears every time they went to him because there's a lot of dialogue scenes in this too surprisingly when you know the main thing is the fighting and the action and everybody doing their certain powers against one another but he does have a lot of talk he's talking to a lot of these superheroes when they're battling i guess to get context that but anyway like when he walks his motions is so bad compared to what i've seen in other movies in this frame of mind and it just bugged me because things were so obviously out of place and we're covering one two movies later that was done super compared to this in my opinion and a lot of the flying effects and crashing effects they just don't sell it to me in these movies it just doesn't work to me and that's where i'm penalizing the 4k a little bit because it just looks too unnatural and I think if it wasn't so crisp, if it was more like a film, I think it would look so much better. So I'm, it just looks, I don't want to watch a video game. And a lot of scenes look like that. It's just too crisp. And it makes things stand out that when they're doing their powers, that behind them, that stuff ain't there. It's just so obvious. But what say you? I disagree. <laughs> I think it looks fantastic. And I don't, I mean, yes, at some points it does look kind of funny, <laughs> but it's not much. It's really not much. And I think it looks good. Well, the next time you watch this, just watch him walk because they show a lot of scenes, a wide angle with him walking, and it's just done poorly. Like it's done way better in other movies okay all right so for me it's it's a demo disc though it's a minus i think you should buy it if uh, this is your movie i don't can't imagine you watching it on another format because you'd be losing tons to me it's an a so it's also a demo disc all right let's get to number three all right lady phantom what is this part five now <laughs> Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Wow, I'm getting tired of these. this franchise in particular. 2007, another long movie. Synopsis is what? With their warning about Lord Voldemort's returning scoffed at, Harry and Dumbledore are targeted by the wizard authorities as an authoritarian bureaucrat slowly seizes power at Hogwarts. Yeah, each one of these are getting worse to me, Lady Phantom. It's just getting monotonous. And what I'm shocked with on this one, and I think I asked Phantom, but I forget because we've seen this about a month ago, I think, is there's no doubt this is either a different animation studio, a different director, different producers or something because the flying scenes and the animation and creature and dragons and birds and things were done so much better after the first one which i heavily criticized they progressively got worse and this movie is a huge tick back yeah i i mean i can see what you're saying i think it, it was 
done before. It was done better. And there's actually some grain in this movie. Uh, Right. I was shocked. I mean, all these movies were shot on film. They weren't digital, but most of the other ones scrubbed what they could. This one, it's like, nah, we're not scrubbing this one. Yeah, it did feel, well, it didn't feel like it. There is a scene in this when they go shooting out in the beginning of the movie, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, what happened? I'm like, there's no way that the same people did this movie. Like, I don't know if they didn't have the time, the money, the talent, or what. Okay, but we're talking about the movie, right? Not about the grain. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I'm just saying (laughs) scenes that got better after the first one or two that were really realistic, and this one's a big step back. Now, do you want to describe anything more with the movie? Yeah, I mean, this is, I think, the when when we meet one of the worst villains that has ever lived, probably, in the pages of a book or in a movie, which was Dolores Umbridge, which is uh, the, the bureaucrat they are talking about. She's the best thing about this movie, by the way. Yes, she's played by Imelda Staunton, who is a fantastic actress. And I wasn't sure how good, it was going to be after reading the book. And it's a hard, hard story because everything goes wrong pretty much. It's like, it's a very, very dark book and the movie is supposed to be dark too. And it is, and it is. But it does feel rushed because this is also the longest book of them all. And uh, the movie is really not that long. It's two hours 20 compared to the others. It, it, it had faults. It, it, it omitted a lot of stuff. Obviously, because of the same, right? Things were really choppy. There's a animation that we see of a giant who is someone's relative here in the of the characters that you have come to know. Oh my god, that was done so bad. <laughs> I mean, even I remember even back in the day, I was like, oh, I hope he looks better. He doesn't look better. <laughs> Not really. I just think the acting is subpar in this whole franchise, Lady Phantom. Not by everyone, but there's just so many scenes. They're so long, and it's so easy to pick out, like, some of these forced lines, and the acting's just not that great, and it takes me out. Like, I don't buy these same situations over. They're saying the same things constantly. That's also another problem. Like, they, when they don't write the things that they should be writing into the movie and they go to what you already know, it it does sound repetitive. And uh, I might make also special mention of Michael Gambon. Like, I think I've said before that I really don't like him as Dumbledore in these movies. Not until the last one, I think. But here, gosh, I really, really don't like him. Now, there is some, uh, a scene that I really like when he disappears like in fire with a phoenix. I, I thought that looked pretty, pretty cool. But it, it is a hard movie to get by, I think. Oh. But, but also we meet Luna Lovegood, who is probably my favorite character in this whole franchise. All right, your rating? My rating for this movie is a 5 out of 10. I think it is average, but yeah, it's it's not a great movie. Are you being more critical nowadays than you were when you originally seen it? No, them? no, because... No, you, I've, I've always, always thought you loved this series. 
I mean, I love Harry Potter. I love the stories and I love the books. But there are not, I mean, the movies are okay in general. Then and why there are, did you want this set? And there are some <laughs> of the movies that I like more than others. And like the last one and this one, they, they are just, they feel choppy for some reason. I think the next ones, of course, we will talk about them later. Uh, I think they're, they are better. But this one, yeah, it, it, it was hard for me, really. Yeah, along with the acting, the technical chops in this one, the animations, this is by far the lowest. Each one seems like they're ticking down to me. But this one, the actual effects and the live action with the characters is by far the worst of any of them. 2.5 to me. All right, 4K, this is also the worst of them so far, Lady Phantom. Like we started in the beginning, there's grain. They didn't denoise this one near as much as the other ones. I know. Not near the amount of pop in this. I noticed the black levels weren't as good as normal. And it is this. a darker movie than yeah, the others, too. And, I mean, there is some popping scenes in this. Don't get me wrong. There is some things yeah. that really shine. But... On the ratio of the whole movie, it wasn't up to the Harry Potter package. Yeah, opinion. to what they have gotten used to, or they have gotten us used to. There's a scene near the near the end where, where there's a battle and there's fire that looks pretty cool. And which also kind of makes me annoyed because it should have been so much better. But at the same time, they needed to do some animations that they should have done but apparently they decided not to for some reason. And maybe that was for the best because, I mean, if those animations were going to be like the others, maybe that was a better thing to do. But, yeah, I mean, it, it was disappointing. I got a question for you if you know, and you don't have to go on no diatribe, Phantom. But is this movie considered one of the worst ones if you had to place them in order? I don't think there's a consensus. Not really. Well, like, uh, okay. No. J the work just wasn't done in this movie on a whole compared to the first four, in my opinion. I think yeah. it's obvious. Um, yes. I mean, like, it had really cool parts and everything, but it for some reason, some parts of the movie seemed lazy. Oh, and to another me. thing I'll say, I felt in this movie for the first time, is the kids are getting older, of course, what, one year each year, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Um, they're losing their cuteness factor, too. They're getting to that age where they're not little kids. You know what I mean? They're teenagers. And they're, you know, it just loses that appeal. And I'm not a person that watches kids' movies. But I noticed that when this first started, like, they, in this one, apparently grew quite a bit, most of them. Their face is starting to change. Their voice is a little bit. And the cuteness factor, if you know what I mean, was lost in this <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one. It's, it's not a good age. I don't think that that's... Uh, it's not a good age for kids when Especially they are at that like time. Especially like that redhead. Like, he had gained probably close to a foot in this one. And he looks quite a bit older than in the last one. And he, uh, he... They're just not good actors to begin with, in my opinion. I think, I mean, they have gotten better, but 
the, this, I mean, in this movie, they it was still choppy. Like, it was. And also, some people, like, I don't know if they were miscast or what, because also you need to to consider that at least I appreciate that they, maybe not in all instances, but in general, they stuck with the same people from the start of the of the franchise to to the end, with a few exceptions. And it's hard to know who's going to be great with whom or if the chemistry is going to work or what. Yeah, and things and, that you can let yeah. go five years ago because they were way younger, you can't let go as much when they get older even though i thought from the beginning they weren't that great all the kid actors some of them are a little better than others but there's no like amazing actor in this kid wise so all right rating c plus i mean it's definitely better than the blu-ray and dvd before it but it's a little out of place compared to the first four in my opinion because all the other ones were like high b's or B at the worst. Some of them have even got close to demo. But yeah, this one's C+. Plus. What do you got? Same. C+. Plus and uh, I mean, if you're going to get them, it's probably going to be as I said. So. But, but yeah, I mean, it does give you what 4K should give you. But it's really average, like a little better than that. All right. All right, finally coming to the end of the Lord of the Rings Complete Ensemble. And this is The Hobbit, the prequels, the Battle of the Five Armies, the latest movie in the Hobbit series, or the last movie in the Hobbit series. We're concluding the six-way epitaph of <laughs> these books, movies, 2014 Two and a half hours about synopsis, Phantom. Bilbo and company are forced to engage in a war against an array of combatants and keep the lonely mountain from falling into the hands of a rising darkness. All right. Wrapping it up, guys. Yes, you won't have to hear any more Lord of the Rings or Hobbits. Have to. No, not unless you want to go back. But anyway. All right. I'm torn on this one lady phantom because and you're gonna find out at the end but i enjoyed this movie more than the first two hobbit movies Mm -hmm. but i don't think it's a better movie than the first two hobbit movies and let me explain a Mm -hmm. little bit here go ahead what's more fascinating you have a lot more battles in this movie compared to the two hobbit movies before this is a out and out action movie (laughs) there's so many new creatures introduced in this that you haven't seen and battles and it gets very interesting i mean this movie must be 75 percent cgi (laughs) i mean there's just so many things flying and running and jumping and man the live action with the cgi uh, stunned super well in this movie i mean there is some faults in it it's not perfect by no means but i enjoyed this except for that one scene with the trolls it was a big comedy scene in the first one like for 15 minutes when they were with the dwarfs that's the best scene in this whole franchise of the hobbits but as a movie everything comes together you got the climax are they going to get their land 
Um, the leader of the dwarves, what's his name? Theros. Thorin. Thorin. You get the conclusion to him. You get a sort of conclusion to the people. The whole story comes up and leads to the Lord of the Rings first. I liked it, Lady Phantom. I thought the story was good. There's a big battle for all this gold. Everybody seems like they want a piece of it and they deserve a piece of it. And Thorin is stuck there protecting it because that's his land. He don't want anybody to have it. He has a huge swing in the movie, and I think he's one of the best actors in this Hobbit franchise by far to me. And Bilbo really wasn't in this movie that much and towards the last epilogue. Is that what it is? No, the last part of the movie. What's the end called? The final... It's not an epilogue. I mean, it's just the end. It's almost like a different movie. After the battles were done, it completely shifted and went story. Yeah. It's the last conclusion. Yeah, when he goes back. You know, the the movie drastically changes and it gets soft and there's a little more dialogue and there's a ending scenario with each one of the characters, basically. So it really slows down and leads you into the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'm tired of the dwarfs, though. I, uh, I got tired of them, really, in the second one. I couldn't believe that the second one, like, was 90% of them, and they didn't shift that much away from them. But even though that's the story, but I can tell by listening to the Phantom, she told me about this, how these this book or books, whatever, was so much shorter than the other ones. And I can imagine all the filler put in this stuff because there are so many scenes that could be taken out of these movies to me. It's so elongated. This one less, in my opinion, than the other. The first two, oh my God, super long. So much dialogue needed to be taken out. And you told me where they just completely made up stuff that wasn't in the books like the elf with the dwarf love angle i mean that plays a good 20 minutes in this again i thought it was interesting though i didn't think it was not interesting the first one or the second movie i think it got monotonous but yeah phantom uh i don't think I'm going to say, and I don't know this for a fact, but this series wasn't needed. I think this is a huge step below Lord of the Rings, and I ain't no fan of Lord of the Rings, but that blows away the Hobbit franchise by story, by characters, by writing, by everything. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because, you know, I love this, but... I mean, I have to be completely objective. And the fact of the matter is that The Hobbit should have been one movie. Maybe two. Yeah, like like a three-hour movie. Why not? Yeah, like pushing it two. But, I mean, yes, they did take a lot of things from the, like, from story, from actual story that, that belongs in the Lord of the Rings world that things that that you when you read like when the 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 lord of the rings finishes there's a a good part of the book that talks about what happened later what happened before that blah 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 
So then you take that or they took that and put it into the Hobbit, which is so a welcome thing, you know, because if it, it's part of the story that the people wouldn't get to know unless they read that in the Lord of the Rings. But they also went ahead and made up a lot of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, we are talking about a book that might be the length of the book of maybe the Fellowship of the Ring, if, well, shorter than that because it's for children, divided into three movies, three hours each. I mean, ah, you know, like they, of course, they, there had to be a lot of filler. And, and I, I, I really think that was a mistake. I'll tell you what's a huge positive in this compared to the first two. There's hardly any comedy in this. This is just battles. Let's win. Let's defeat. Let's fight. And the other two, a lot of over-the-top comedy with the elves. That's true, with the dwarves, dwarves. I mean. Now, I do appreciate also, like, at the same time, it's funny. But I do appreciate that they give more context. Because in the book of The Hobbit, you just, I mean, you hear about the dwarves, but you don't really get to know them. I think I had mentioned this before. And uh, here is, like, you already know them and everything, and you, you like, they explain a little bit better why this battle is actually happening, which is not only because of the gold, you know? But, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because it is kind of Thorin's fault. But then also there are enemies that come, and then there's this big yeah, battle. Yeah, this starts with Smaug, too. So, yeah, Smaug uh, is at the beginning, and we see Bard. And, I mean, it, I was actually surprised i don't know why because i had already seen the movie but i was surprised that the battle started so quickly and yeah i mean as you said like easily 70 percent, 80 percent of the movie is the the battle and we get to see all the orcs and the goblins and the cave trolls and, and i feel everything. sorry for the trolls man the, the, <laughs> the, cave the punishment trolls? they do to these trolls is sad because i like them <laughs> as characters i mean yeah. they're funny in scenes and then brutal and they look cool looking actually. yeah yeah now also like i really think it was a mistake i mean i know you hate him legolas i mean Ugh. i do like him but i and yes i mean i i understand that he's in this because they wanted to put a link to the lord of the rings you know, but there. Um, but there most, was Gandalf was the link. Like mostly, yeah. Well, another link, but mostly his scenes were like filler. I mean, it was cool because I don't get me wrong. I enjoy seeing seeing Legolas fight, but there are so many things he does that you in this movie, not in the Lord of the Rings, in this movie specifically, that I go like, really, <laughs> like really, did you have to go there? Oh well, whatever. And uh, as I also had mentioned before, now this, I mean, it looks good. It, it really looks good. I thought it was going to look as bad as when I've seen it before in Blu-ray, but it looks better. Now, in this movie, there is some animation that still does not look good. And I don't know if that's part of the 4K or not, but this, I mean, it has parts that look straight out of a game like a video game and i wasn't a fan of that and i think it looks worse in this than in infinity war 
I mean, that's what I think. Well, let's get your rating. Let's go. My rating for this movie is a 7 out of 10. And I, I do think it's an own because, I mean, it's a trilogy and it's a good movie. It is a good movie. It's not great, but it's good. All right. I got a 5.5. This is the second best rated of the three. The first one's definitely best because it has the story. I, I want to know the story. And there's just more story and the explanation of who these characters are and stuff like that. But this one's more entertaining to me than the other two but overall i'm giving it a 5.5 man just rent it rent this whole series i don't say you need to buy any of these movies all right 4k lady phantom now let's stick with you you just said this is worse than infinity war i personally don't think that at all and since you're talking you said that i want to compare the big creatures the cave trolls compared to thanos so much better done and all the interactions there's this cave troll or some type of troll where they're controlling where they got chains around his eyes and he's using them like a horse basically and he's got like big gear blades his feet and stuff and they're controlling this thing and he's demolishing people and rocks i thought that stuff looked incredible and it's all digital basically except when they go to a close-up of uh you know the dwarf on his back or when they go close up to these trolls they look real to me lady phantom no yeah i buy it i don't buy thanos or hulk when they're big at all no, yeah, and you know what? That funnily enough, I totally agree with you with the cave trolls. They looked fantastic. The other trolls, eh, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the cave trolls look great. Now, my specific problem, I know, what and you're that is say. not about the uh, that is not about the four K. It's I think a, a thing with the movie is Dane, the leader of the dwarves that comes to to fight with them. For the life of me, I cannot understand. I have never been able to understand why they did them CGI. If all the other dwarves have, like, they they are just people with makeup on, why on earth would they do him CGI? I didn't know that, Lady Fam. Really? That he was CGI? Yes! Now I did not pick that up one second. Now, I want to say that... Just as with the other two movies, because it is something that I definitely noticed with the 4K in these movies, for some reason that I cannot fathom, it looks even better than it looked before. I would never oh, this, have believed this that. killer right here. The yes. black levels and the popping in this movie. Oh, this yeah. This movie is incredible. Yeah, and then you had already stopped watching, but I started to to watch the, the end credits when they show... Uh, drawings of the character when to to show who played who and i was like near the tv and it was so beautiful like the the shining in the eyes of the oh drawings my God. And was all incredible the metal and stuff on these oh, yeah. armaments which is funny because um, uh, as i'm saying like i still don't understand why they did that guy cgi but it was 
But the, and the thing is that I had already known that he was CGI. That's the way I saw him in the movies and in Blu- and in Blu-ray. And I'll tell you one thing. But they it looks better. Do a great job with Lady Phantom is you know Gandalf is older in this movie, of course, because it's later, even though it's a prequel. Uh-huh. But he looks older because it's so clear you can see every wrinkle and blemish in this guy's face yeah like he's obviously quite a bit older than in lord of the rings well yeah but but the close-ups are amazing i mean you can see glimmers and eyes like the elves how pure they have them and like this disc is incredible like i'm just gonna say we need to wrap this up we been so long on this movie particular but this is an a the only reason this isn't getting an a plus because sound off the chart on all these ones is because of some of these creatures and it has to do with the effects too but because it's so god darn good it just sticks out as some of the running creatures lady phantom Mm mm-hmm it's like they skip, like you could tell they're not, when they're running, they're not touching the ground. Like it's just off and it's so obvious in scenes because it looks so amazing. So your eyes are focused. But outside of that, this disc is awesome. I mean, this whole series, I'd probably put like A minus all three of them together. But this movie in particular, an A. Okay. Well, to me, it's an A, an a plus, actually. Because I, I I really don't... I mean, I didn't see what you saw there. Like, it, it looks... Everything looks fantastic. Like, trans- So this is better than Infinity War to you, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the thing is that we have to remember this movie was filmed in 48 frames per second. So from the start... It is a lot crisper as a 4K, you know? So, yeah, I do believe it looks better. Now, very quickly, as for Gandalf, you need to remember that he was very, very badly manhandled at some point. So he was dirtier and everything. And, yeah, he looked older, but not that much older to me. That's it. All right, let's wrap this episode up with our final review. We are covering, to conclude episode 106, a movie that was on everybody's top 10 list last year of best 4K releases. Well, I got something to say about that. I don't know about Lady Phantom, but we're going back to 1956, 66 years ago with the Ten Commandments. What's that plot? Moses... Raised as a prince of Egypt in the Pharaoh's household, learns of his true heritage as a Hebrew and his divine mission as the deliverer of his people from slavery. All right. Keep out the 4K to the end in this. I know it's going to be hard because that's what I really want to talk about more. I learned a lot, Lady Phantom. I'm not uh, knowing things. person yeah uh, i had a master history lesson here and common terms you hear growing up and references i completely get now and this movie was really good i don't know how factual it is to the bible Uh, it's factual enough 
I would say, I mean. It's a really good movie, and the sets are as elaborate as all could be. They don't even make movies like this anymore. No, no. It's incredible set pieces they had in this, and costume work. Wow, yeah. I can't imagine the time and money spent in that department in this movie. I know. It's like everything that they that they probably made everything by hand and stuff because it looks amazing. Now, the stars here very quickly, because, I mean, we didn't mention that in the other movies because we kind of knew. But we have Charlton Heston, Yul Brynner, Ann Baxter, Yvonne DiCarlo, and others. Oh, gosh. You know what? I wish I could say that this movie has great acting, but I don't think so. I mean, some of the actors, like the, the guy that... I wouldn't that, say it was bad acting. No, I wouldn't say it's bad either. But, for example, you have the guy that plays the, I don't know, a foreman or something for the Hebrew slaves, and I thought he was really good. He was despicable, completely despicable, and I hated him. But, I mean, I understand that the acting is very much uh, theatrical. Like the way they used to act in the theater and the way they used to act in movies in this specific time in movie history. And it's just really, really exaggerated. I don't and, know. I, find, and, I found the mix. There was times it felt like you were watching a play, but then there was other times it's definitely a movie. Yes. It wasn't like straight up like Phantom of the Opera, for example, that's totally made for a play. Yes. This, no doubt, had a lot of that drama weaved in for the camera and not a live audience. Yes. And also in this movie, I think it depends a lot on the actor that you're looking at at, at any specific time. Yeah. And I think they vary during the movie, actually. Like Yul Brenner, I hated him at the beginning. I thought he was very over the top. But when it the movie progressed, it seemed like he got more comfortable in his position. And I believed him way more towards the end of the movie. Yes, I, I also think he got better. And I personally think Yul Brynner and the woman, I don't remember her name, the one that plays Moses' mother, adoptive mother, she was really good. Yeah, I really Yvonne liked Yvonne DiCarlo him. was amazing. Now, Yvonne DiCarlo was oh, Moses' wife. Oh, and Vincent wife. Price was in this too, which I was shocked. Oh, one yeah, One of my true. heroes, Vincent that's Price. That's true. Yeah, Yvonne DiCarlo, she plays um, Moses' wife. And she was really good. Like she then the one that plays his mother, his adoptive mother, and also Yul Brynner. I really liked them. Now, I am so sorry for what I'm going to say, but Charlton Heston, I just didn't like him in this movie. Like I thought he was fine personally. Yeah, kind yeah, but I mean he wasn't oh my as God, good was, as in the Planet of the Apes, but No. And he wasn't nearly as good as in Ben-Hur, which leads me to believe that maybe it was a a situation with directing here. But although I think they, I mean, I think Ben-Hur, no, Ben-Hur was directed by somebody else. I bought him, though. It's not like I thought he didn't sell it to me. To me, at some moments, he he, he sold it. But then there were others when I was like, what is wrong with you? 
Like, stop. Because he looked anything but natural. And I just, at, at some moments, I hated his character because he was just so unbelievable. He was so exaggerated that he took me out of the movie like at some what point. what scene did you think he was so exaggerated? I thought he was very calming most of the movie. Yeah, but then there were times like, for example, like he, you know, his hair, it keeps like changing colors and getting bigger for no reason because, I mean, well, supposedly. That's not his fault. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But like he takes this his this um attitude like like oh oh my god you know and you're like are you okay I mean I I, I don't know I I just didn't like him in this movie that's it when he came down and told him God talked to him through the burning bush and he brings down the oh, that Ten was fine. Commandments that was fine he was amazed I thought he was very good like I said. I don't know the background of the story, so I don't have any context on that. Like, I don't know how Moses was supposed to be, so all I can go is behind this. But he was a very calming, quiet, like, thinker to me and analyzed things. Where Ramses was just the opposite. He was so forceful and loud and outspoken. And I liked the dichotomy of that when they met. Yes. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that Charlton's he Charlton Heston's acting was not that great. That's it. And who was the woman that was in love with Moses, but then was oh, Ramses God. wanted? You didn't like her. I thought she was really good. I don't but know. She like, bothered you for some reason. She bothered me because I mean, again, sometimes she was fine, but more it was like she was some femme fatale and like doing the the eyebrow thing, you know, in which like she lifted one eyebrow and she wanted to look. Oh my god, look! I am such a femme fatale. I don't like that. I just don't. So that's it all right rating this is my highest rating of the night for a movie and i'm not going to be super high because there's a lot of technical problems with this movie and that's where my criticism is because the story was great i thought the acting was hit or miss i mean it was never bad in my opinion but they wavered throughout the length of this movie this is almost four hours very impressive that it's on one disc by the way you don't have to flip yeah. this but I'm penalizing for some technicals. Um, 6.5, this is a buy. Oh, wow. We agree. It's also a 6.5 to me. And I am very shocked because I thought I was going to give it an 8 or something. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the to me, it's mainly the acting and also the, the things that we are going to talk about later. Like, to, oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think The Prince of Egypt is such a better movie that, that talks about this thing. And that's a cartoon. So that's that. All right, 4K. Is this one of the best releases of 2021? No, oh, it's not. It's, it's so not even close. Not. It's not even in the top 200. Now, now, yes, yes, yes. The coloring in this movie is, is beautiful. Something else. The the textures of the clothes are out of this world yes and there's every color under the gamut in this movie because of what they're wearing everybody's wearing really bright shades of a lot of different garments yes 
I mean, like, for example, Ramesses' clothes and everything, like, you can see almost every little stone that they must have sewn to that headpiece that he was wearing or something. It's, it's really impressive. Mm-hmm. And the eyes, when they are blue, they look super blue. And, like, the, of course, the Hebrews' clothes, they are more toned down. But even the Enough. red, uh-huh, mm-hmm. the red in the tunics and everything, it's so rich. The red in the scene where the, where the, uh, the Nile turns into blood it's also so rich oh yeah there's a lot of problem with the 4k on that scene yes yes but i mean the coloring is fantastic let's start here the black levels are terrible in this movie (laughs) the wide angles and going along with the effects at the times are abysmal now some of it i'm not gonna just criticize the 4k either but when i'm watching a movie i mean that scene you're talking about when the river goes the blood and they go to for one like it's there's always grain in this movie oh yeah yeah okay sometimes a mild sheen sometimes a little thicker scenes like that it's like i'm watching snow it's Uh, so poor and for anybody to not be jarred when it goes to that when you're seeing these vividly rich colors and then they go to this scene that looks like a two-year-old made it yeah the thing (laughs) is that in any pretty much any scene that includes a landscape the green screens look horrible like i couldn't believe how bad it was especially because for example there's a scene that sticks in my mind where moses goes to show his father quote-unquote the monument that he was building in his uh, image or something. The green screen is so bad that you cannot even see the edges clearly of the sky against other things. It's terrible, like actually terrible. Yeah, and I think you got to be honest and put it in both. It's a it's a problem of the time doing effects. Yes. And the 4K... They need to get rid of all that vibrant, like, this would have been a very hard movie to do on 4K, like, because when you got close-ups, when that's, because there's a lot of dialogue in this, and, you know, of close-ups, and in one room, and everybody talking. fantastic. Yeah, and then you go to these wide landscapes, and you see them building pyramids, and they really bring the camera out, and the screen just gets fuzzy like you're back in the 1960s and watching something with rabbit ears antennas and you're telling your brother to get up and move the rabbit ears. I mean, it's so bad. And the effects, I got to criticize the 4K too because of it. Of course, we're not going to have modern day effects. Of course, a fire in a bush. Why they didn't light a fire a fire on a bush in this movie is beyond me. Because, it, because I mean, that's easily explained because it would have consumed. And the whole point of that scene they, is that the bush was not getting consumed. I understand that. They could have did trickery back then. But you know what? That, that scene is not bad. And, I they, mean, and they could have did miniatures, Lady Phantom, and these random lightning bolts coming down. I mean, this was, I could imagine, probably the most expensive movie made in a decade a well, movie yeah, but, like this. i mean you cannot say they are random because they are anything but i mean everything that had that comes from the sky in this movie at some point is for a reason 
And I, I, I mean, I'm just criticizing. Actually, I was reading on IMDb. But you have IMDb. to criticize the 4K with it, too, yes. because it highlights how pathetically bad it is. No, I am. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the funny part is that, I mean, when we were watching the movie and everything, I, I was like, well, they, they probably did this in a soundstage or something. And then I'm reading on IMDb, and they were in Egypt. My goodness, if you are going to be in Egypt filming this stuff, why not use the landscape in Egypt? Why do you use green screens? Like, uh, my... They probably why? had to at the time, Lady Phantom. I they mean, didn't yes. have, like, <laughs> where they could impose a lot of stuff. Remember, True. they had to cut film together. and uh, It's so complex compared yes, to nowadays. I, and, and I understand. I mean, I understand, but... But the 4K needs to be criticized because yes. of it, too, because it really made it out of place of course i never seen this before this came out it was in color even at the black and white era when most movies were in black and white but probably if you asked anybody the first if you're old enough the first time they seen this is probably in black and no white. this was always in, in color this was not an age of black and, and white movies lady anymore. phantom the family didn't even have TVs into the 60s, and they were black and white TVs. So if you this was played on TV, it'd be in black and white. It don't matter that it was filmed well, yeah, in color. Well, yeah, that is true. That is true. I mean, it, but my only point is that it was always, like, in color. But, yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, I definitely am criticizing the 4K because, I mean, they should oh, have yeah. done something. All because, right, let's come on. wrap it up. This is a C+. <laughs> There's no way I can hit the B on this sound there was a lot of problems with the sound too it was clear it's intelligible i'm not docking it too much for the sound that's what was available that did sound like they did a little something to it because it did have some fullness to it so it's not like you were listening to an old tinny movie or something like that it's just the richness of colors and i don't think you've ever seen the movie look like this if yeah. you've seen this movie before so it's a c plus and buy but by no means is this a top release ever in 4k you what do you got b minus i i am hitting the b minus because i mean the richness in the coloring and in the textures is like out of this world and it's great like all my like to me all the points down go for the for the wide angles because they look pathetic all right, that wraps up this episode, Lady Phantom. What do you want the listenership to do? I want them to go to BillShetty.com and sign that guest book. And leave us their thoughts. And if they have a request, their requests. And that's it. We do have, and I think someone on the guest book did mention something about Alligator. They didn't ask for a review, but they said it was coming out. So hope you enjoyed that. We definitely have a request coming on the next episode, and it might be two. So stay tuned. And Phantom's got more of her type of movies. To watch. So <laughs> I think the next episode's going to be pretty diverse. We might have one movie per five different genres, I hope, because we've been doing a lot of fantasy movies, and I'm ready to get over with them. But for Lady Phantom, I am Bill Shetty. We will catch you on the next Movies in 4K. Take it away, Harry Potter. Harry Potter.